You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by the John to my wall, the editor of Smokey Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't did it yet, but I'm debating on getting Reddit. And I was texting. You say it like Nick. you say it like you're gonna go out and buy it. Like you're like I'm gonna go cop 2K. Like I'm gonna go out and get it. <laughs> well, I, te- I was texting Nick today about like the purpose of Reddit, and he's like interrogating it, me. He's it, like, it, what's <laughs> the point of this? What does it do for me? Why can why should I get it? What does it give me that Twitter doesn't? Get? I'm like, geez, man, that's not like I'm, I'm not like one of the developers. I don't have stock in Reddit. <laughs> in the midst of it, Nick texts me and says. You sound like a 78-year-old man sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I start cracking up. Um, well, the, so, so I'm glad that you brought this story up because you say, I said that to you today, and I talked to my parents today on the phone. I called them up, and my mom is 50-something years old. Sorry to age you, Mom, but my mom <laughs> is 50-something years old. She asked me, hey... And she's not, she's only on Facebook. She barely ever uses the internet ever. You know, just like you know, normal mom. She listens to like Rush Limbaugh on radio and stuff like that. <laughs> um, she says, "Hey, have you heard about these these bots?" And I was like, "Bots? What do you mean bots?" She's like, "Yeah, on Twitter, people are using these bots." And I was like, "What the heck?" And we have this conversation about Twitter bots and like what they do. And she's asking me how they work and like all this stuff. I'm like. My mom was asking me about Twitter bots, and Isaac Harris was asking me how Reddit works and like trying to figure out all this stuff today. <laughs> he was like, Isaac, a millennial, can't figure out Reddit, but my mom is asking me all these in-depth questions about Twitter bots. No, Reddit just I, – I understand Reddit some <laughs> now, but it's – I don't like the idea of people hiding behind an anonymous thing in that part, like – I don't like that. It's, it's, but, it's all about anonymity. That's what it's all about. I know. So now I'm in this debate now to where it's content like for make the sake up, of content. There's no names behind it unless it's like a, a tweet from somebody. Yeah. So like, do I make up a funny, like random name yes. and no one knows who I am yes. or do I put just my name? Or you can run into the problem that I have, which is I have a funny random name, but now everybody knows what it is. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think people know yours now. So what's it matter? But oh, well. Well, when you, when you get to be as famous as I am, Isaac, I just... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nick has a following. He has people come up to him like, are you Nick? Stop. That's not true. That's happened He's... once once at Summer League and once during a Mavs game. Nick signed a jersey last week. <laughs> it was my own. <laughs> <laughs> it was a personalized that I made. <laughs> I shipped it to somebody and they were like, hey, I think this is yours. Oh, you want me to sign that? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. What we're going to get to today is something we we're going to try to get to Monday, but we got too wrapped up in the uh, the top five drafts. Also, wanted to apologize to to uh, just Matt was taken on Reddit. It is Doncic, not Donkic. Oh. There's no K sound, and he was very upset that we 
did not pronounce it right. Hey, Ooh. shrug, shrug shoulders emoji. I don't, I don't know. Oh, so sorry, bruh. <laughs> First time we ever talked about him this year. Doncic. I will say, say Doncic. Doncic is way better to me in my mind. Did we pronounce Luca right? No, it's probably Luca or something. Luca, Luca. Lingardium Leviosa. We need to research our pronunciations, I guess, beforehand. No, nah, we're fine. Dennis so we talked Smith. about <laughs> Smythe. Dennis Smythe. Smythe. <laughs> we talked about the top five draft prospects for us on yesterday's show. So if you want to go check those out, we just give you a brief overview of the, the top five guys that we're looking at. We will go so far in depth this year. I am not prepared for it. Hmm. So then this is something else we were going to get to yesterday, which was a game that I like to call something or nothing. I'm going to give Isaac some advanced stats because Isaac is not the biggest advanced stats fan. So I'm going to give him some advanced stats, ask them if they are something or nothing. And then Isaac has a fan theory. He has some fan fiction he's been writing about Dirk that he wants to talk to me about. <laughs> no, he has a theory that he wants to talk to me about. But before we get to that, did you want to get to that trade? Oh, you want to mention it? Let's okay. do it, yeah. So um, I I guess, I don't know, was it an actual like article or was it just people talking online that saying that, you know, Lou Aldang was, you know, he he wants a role. He's not playing. He yeah, wants... it was an article that came out today from Ramona Shelburne on ESPN. Okay, so you know, Lou Aldang makes like seventeen million a year for the next like three years, and 18. for the Lakers, That's and bad. he like never dresses. So anyway, you know, if they can clear his contract up, this is so... this is how bad it is. Okay, <laughs> they they sign him right, and it is the old regime that signed him. They've tried to play him now three different times, and they every time they try to play him, they're like, "Now nah, we're just going to shut it down." <laughs> they tried to they tried to play him at the beginning of the season, and it was so bad they just went, "No, yeah, we're good. I think I think we're all right. We're just, <laughs> we're just shut it down." Dang. Lol. <laughs> um. So anyway, I proposed the idea, or or at least I just put it on the on the smoking Cubans Twitter. I'm not saying I would do it. It's just something I was just thinking about. Would you trade either side, Lou Aldang and Julius Randle for Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews makes 17 this year. He has a player option for 18 next year, roughly, that he'll probably pick up. So just go ahead and count that in there pretty much. Right. So pretty much it comes down to if you're Dallas, would you pay another year of Lou Aldang at like 17 mil, you know, three, you know, an extra two more years compared to Wes just one year for – Julius Randle and if you're the Lakers it doesn't help your cap space next summer but at least you have a player in Wesley Matthews that is a serviceable good you know good player for the most part they could start alongside Lonzo or I don't know yeah what would you do there would you do him and KCP and Ingram like what like I don't know they would probably end up bringing Wes off the bench or something or bring KCP off the bench I guess at that point but the for for the sake of the Mavericks, there was the the first thing that came up that, that popped into my my head, and I, I tweeted this and said it to Isaac was that for the Mavericks this year, you're trading literally like their only wing player because Harrison Barnes is now full time four, and because well he does play three now every once in a while, and because Dorian Finney Smith has been injured, you're trading their only wing player for two forwards <laughs> for two like power forwards because yeah, but because said, I don't if, think Dan can play the three anymore. They they tried it in L. A. And it just doesn't work. But if Seth's healthy, you could roll out of lineup of Dennis, Seth, Barnes, Randall, and Dirk. I mean, it's not 
ideal. I mean, put, you're just putting Barnes back to the three and then bringing Dang yeah, off it's, the bench. I think they're sold on Barnes as a four because it's just maximizing his. He's only played three this year because of necessity. It just yeah, doesn't yeah, maximize I, what he does. So, so yeah, the, so the, the problem for me was that at first. Then it was for the on the Lakers side uh, – if, if that was if one if this single season wasn't a problem for the Mavericks, like, let's say that they had a bunch of wings, I would definitely do that deal because you know you get you get a young guy in Randall. He is a restricted free agent at the end of this year, so you do have to figure that out again. Do we want to do that again? Like, do the Mavericks <laughs> want to do this like Kentucky big man? You know that has has shown some flashes, has some injury history, and then coming in as restricted free agent, playing you know however many games he does, and then trying to figure out the summer. Do they want to do that? He's from here, though, and he's 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 a little different than Nerlens. Anything but. anything can happen. He's a father. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a dad though. There's this there's the cutest picture you've ever seen on the Lakers Twitter right now of, of Randall and his kid before the game. I didn't know he's a dad. Yeah, it just happened this summer. That's how locked in I am, Isaac. Okay, so with that being said, I would not do it for the Mavericks. Just because I don't understand the like the fit with Barnes isn't good because the Mavericks see it as as you know Barnes. I don't is their, see it as a fit going, going full time, and then this single year doesn't. If I'm the Lakers, thousand percent, yeah. The only the only problem with the Lakers is you'd have to try to either convince you'd have to be Magic Johnson and be really convinced that you are you know that you have read up on the art of the deal and that you are ready to make Wes Matthews turn down that option. You have to try to, you know, wet his pocket somehow so that he will turn that down so that you can get that the open space that you need. Yeah, and so, like from from like Dallas's perspective, like who gives a crap about fit right now? I mean, we're not like winning a title. I mean, we're going to do good to even like get They they really don't care about fit cuz they signed all those centers this offseason, so. Yeah, we have 6 6 10 or above guys coming off the bench right now. So. Carlisle said we the Mavericks have 8 centers. <laughs> he literally said that a couple like a week ago. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he we want you want to count them? <laughs> <laughs> Nerlens, Sala, Withy. He counted Dirk, that's 4. Dwight Powell he counted as another one. He counted Maxi, that's 6. And I he, had 7 the last time I counted, but and he counted Motley? Oh, uh, he counted Motley? Yeah. And then there's one more that I'm forgetting mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but it's crazy, man. Interesting. So no, I wouldn't do it. What would you, would you do it if you're the Mavericks? Um, I think I actually probably would, mainly because right now we're in. I think we should be an asset gaining business, and you would pretty much be your phone. You know, you're going. You. Yeah, it does. You're going to be paying uh, Wes Matthews for the most part. You know, next season he's going to pick it up either way. So if you're going to pay somebody seventeen million. Why not, you know, get a young asset and get Julius Randle in there also and figure out restrictor free agency? I don't know. I think I would do it. I don't, I don't know. I was up in the air with it. That's why I tweeted out and was like, oh, let's just see what people think. Randle's played really, really good this year too. He is. He's been coming off the bench for the Lakers. He's, you know, doing I like a lot him. of really good yeah. things. His defense has has picked up tremendously. He had this play the other night where he blocks the ball on one end. He goes down the, the lane here. He, Blocks the ball, and then I think Ingram got got the rebound off of it, ran down the court, and he like cut to the rim and stuffed it, you know, and just jammed it down. And it's just like one of those sequences where you go, oh, you know, like it just perks your interest. Uh, and then he, he's a really good passer, really good ball handler. That's kind of his thing. He's shooting like I don't know sixty something percent at the rim this year, sixty you know, something percent from the field. So 
yeah, he's a uh, he's doing pretty good. Not taking a ton of jump shots, but uh, one thing I want to bring up before we move on to our next thing, I just got this notification: Joel Embiid will miss tonight's or tomorrow night's game due to load management. <laughs> Which to me <laughs> says a couple things. Due due to the fact that you're going up against Rudy Gobert, <laughs> it could be that or <laughs> load management. Just sounds like you need to take a couple minutes and yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Squeeze one out, you know. Go to the go, go to the bathroom. That's kind of it's kind of an odd uh, wording, but it is Philly. Yeah, it is. So, all right, now let's get to our game. Okay, this is called something or nothing. Isaac Harris, I will give you some advanced stats. I will explain them to you because you do not understand them in the same way that you do not understand Reddit. And then I will ask you: Is this something or is this nothing? All right. My first one for you, Devin Harris, veteran guard Devin Harris, the wily vet that you love. He is the second high, he's second highest player on the team in on-off offensive rating splits. So when he is on the court, the Mavericks have a great offense. When he is off the court, they have a terrible offense, and the split is the highest of any player on the team besides Jeff Whitty, who has only played 23 minutes. So basically saying that Devin Harris affects this offense more than anybody else. Is this something or is this nothing? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's nothing. I mean, he's playing awesome. He's playing a great ball right now. It's just, you know, he, and he affects the game at different areas. The only reason I say it's like nothing is the fact that, you know, it's not like it's going to start. It's not like you're looking at it saying, he did though. Oh, I mean, he started <laughs> one game, but Seth's out. So like when Seth comes back, you're not going to bench Seth for him, so he's just playing. He's playing the best basketball he's played over the past year, maybe two years, and he looks fully healthy, defense and offense. He's balling out, and he's probably the he might be the best plus minus guy right now on the team. I don't know. I haven't checked it. Yeah, but. this this that this stat kind of goes with it. This is offensive rating, so this is uh, points per 100 possessions. Um, he also has the fifth highest among rotation players in on-off defensive rating, and so he has the highest net rating among rotation players. So basically, Devin Harris is making the most impact of any player when he's on the court. Yeah. I mean, if you told me that stat and said, hey, guess you know three Mavericks that could be that, Devin would be one of my picks. So is the stat, does the stat help prove that Devin is having a great year so far? Yeah. Does it argue that he should be like starting i don't think so yeah that that's exactly where i where i took it is that he's having a good year he's playing really well really well but it doesn't really tell like it wouldn't really tell carlisle too much like it wouldn't it wouldn't garner any action behind it if that makes sense yeah all right my next one nerland's noel (laughs) the mavs allow eight and a half points per 100 possessions more when Nerlens Noel is on the courts, so the Mavericks' defense is eight point six points per one hundred possessions worse when he is on the court. Is this something or nothing? This one's interesting um, because you're kind of trying to figure out who Nerlens is this year, but it's so <laughs> freaking weird for him because there there are times like even I mean we say he should be out there playing thirty minutes a night, yeah, but there are times he's out there too. And you're like, 
well, dang, I mean, he's just getting pushed around like a rag doll, and yeah. he, he makes some bad decisions and this and that to where you like you understand it sometimes if he's not on the court. So, um, I don't, I don't, I'm gonna say it's more of nothing than it is something, and I think in some of it has to do with the fact of who we're been, who he's been matched up with. Also, one, his situation's been super dumb, and just figuring out what role he's playing and coming off the bench and just here and there. But we've also went against Mark Gasol, Anthony Twice. Davis, Towns, you know, Cousins. Like the list go DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. The list goes on of these elite big men that we have played. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna say it leans more towards nothing. Nothing, as in it's not something that I w- would look at and say all oh, Nerland shouldn't be playing because of that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think this is something. I think this. I think Nerland's is not affecting the defense in the way that the Mavericks would think. And I think this is more of. I don't know if the Mavericks, like, when Roy Hibbert was was the Pacers' defense, they built that defense around him. And I don't think the Mavericks did that. I don't know if the Mavericks went, you know, around Nerlens Noel and was like, "We're going to build this defense to funnel guys into you, so that you can get all these blocks and you can defend the rim better than anybody, and you know all this stuff." So I think in that case, that it's something. Also, yeah, like you said, Nerlens is not playing super great in the minutes that he's been given. That's just, you know, he's got to be ready at any point and got to be ready, you know, whenever the boss says, you know, you're up, and he hasn't been, <laughs> but. Yeah. In a you know a more consistent role, I would imagine that number would be different. Also, the Mavericks have just been terrible, so it's not like he's the sole reason why they're worse. But you know that he has a part in it. Yeah. My next one, Wesley Matthews. The Mavericks have the worst defensive rating in the league by far. When Wesley Matthews is on the floor, is this something or nothing? It's nothing because we suck. <laughs> we I mean, our, the team is 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 not very good and Wes is a, a good perimeter it's it's like some of those stats back well, I guess was it last year they were saying all the same type of stats for when Kawhi Leonard was on the court for yeah. the Spurs and yeah. come on like if it's the end of the game you you want Wesley Matthews out there guarding their best player like that's if you're the Dallas right now so that that's that I mean a lot of that has so much to do with the fact that Dirk is out there at center He's playing a lot of minutes with Dirk. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is not a, you know, Brogdon. So there's a lot that plays into that. So This is nothing because uh, this, this is also true that the Mavericks would have the worst defensive rating in the league when Harrison Barnes, Dirk, Noel, and Dennis Smith Jr. would be on the floor. They would have the worst defense rating, even worse than Cleveland. <laughs> so, all right, my next one. The only time the Mavericks have made 20 free throws in a game, they won. Is this something or nothing? I think it's something. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's not really advanced, but that's just a... <laughs> the advancement uh, is that I took it to all of the games comparatively. <laughs> I like it because it. I feel like it helps slow down the game a little bit. when you. And if you're Dallas, you don't want to get into a shootout because you're not going to win a shootout for the most part. So I think they do need to – I understand the stretch game with you know, with Dirk at the five. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody likes to harp on Barnes also for his free throws. But if we could get more – you know, Dennis Smith Jr. also, if he can hit him, if he got there. you know. Yeah, I think so. if, if you could slow down the game for the Mavericks, especially when you have a 40-year-old at your center position – 
then uh, I think that is beneficial for you. Also, I think that guys like Wesley Matthews are are better one on one defenders than they are in in transition or than they yeah. are in you know in these you know quick half court possessions. And so you slow it down. You get you know the one guy bringing the ball up the floor. I feel like in the half court, I don't have numbers to back this up. I just feel this you know from the eye test that they're better defensively in the half court than they are you know in quick transition ball. Yeah, I agree. Somebody like Danny Green's a really, really good um, fast break defender, you know. Um, or Kawhi. Win. Yeah, well, Kawhi's like all, all the way around. And to win, like, if it's a fast break, if it's a run and gun defense, like I'd want Danny Green, you know, playing that faster paced defense. But if we're in a half court setting, last shot, man to man defense, I want Wesley Matthews. So The last one I have for you the only time the Mavericks have had less than 12 turnovers, they won the game. Is this something or is this nothing? This is something also. This is definitely something in in almost the same way. Yeah, I mean, definitely something. I mean, you turn the ball over, especially whenever you do have, like we just said, Dirk at center and even like Wesley Matthews at two and stuff. When you turn the ball over, that a lot of times results in fast break points and we're not a, you know, we're not the fastest team in the world, even though like our pace might be up or whatever, I haven't even seen our pace numbers you know, lately. But if we're doing a full court sprint, I don't know if we're uh, beating everyone. We're beating anyone. <laughs> so there you go. That's for something or nothing. I'll probably do this again at some point during the season. My favorite one I, last I year. I like that. My favorite one last year would have been uh, Dwight Powell is leading the Mavericks in PER. Is this something or nothing? That's, that's Oh, that's something. That's one I wish I could have been able to ask you. <laughs> that's something that he should be starting right now. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> now we will move on from something or nothing, and we will get to Isaac Harris's theory. All right. So you know how my my mind gets churning, and this is a couple of different you're like, things. You're like butter in that way. <laughs> Put me on a roll. Um, you are on a roll. So, and some of it is like common sense that we've talked about before, and different stuff with Dallas moving forward and stuff. But I want to try to piece it together. Now, I just want to preface this: this is a theory. This is not source based. This is just speculative. This, and I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying it's a possibility. So what have I said in earlier this spring, whenever the Mavs realized that the playoffs were out of the picture, 33 wins was coming up, that they said, hey, at this point, they formed a two-year rebuild plan. A two-year mini-rebuild. That started this year? or started That started this past spring, before this past season even ended. That said, hey, we're going to... As soon as they got eliminated from the playoffs, we're going to tank out those last two weeks, get the highest draft pick possible, which they end up winning a couple of those last games, you know. But they not, still were not for lack of of not trying. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, they started Brusino and all those guys, and they just went out there and won. Sometimes you can't can't help that. So they went into the summer, 2017 NBA draft with the ninth pick, and a theory is they went into the summer already saying we're going to tank it out this next season and something that went into targeting Dennis Smith Jr. in the draft even might have went into selecting him was the prospects in the 2018 draft and forming a roster that will tank and finish in the top five of 2018. You want the Mavericks to be playing chess and not checkers. 
So, going to the 2017 draft, and you're looking at it saying, this is a point guard draft. We need a point guard for the future. Let's let's get our point guard now. Yeah, they're sitting there. Could they have traded up? Got somebody else? Possibly. Sitting at nine, there's still even combo guards like Malik Monk, Donovan Mitchell, whoever it is, and say, you know what? Like, let's get our point guard. They get Dennis Smith Jr. with the idea of t- in 2018, the top heavy draft of 2018 is all non point guards. So yeah. let's get our point guard now, tank it out all of next season, and we'll say the right things. We'll say we're going to compete and everything. They go into the summer. How do you build a team that's going to tank it from the very beginning? You you get seven people on your roster that's above 16 or, or taller. You get five people under six foot three or smaller. You book in your roster. You set it up. Seth Curry's injury is taking crazy amount of time to come back. So you set, you set your team up knowing that if you land a top five pick in 2018, now we're looking at your pipe dream. You're going into next summer. Let's say you you come out, you have Dennis Smith Jr., you come out with a Michael Porter Jr., you come out with a Donkic, you come out with something like that. Then, on top of that, you have two two cornerstones, two top ten picks, maybe even the first overall pick in a Donkic or Michael Porter Jr. With Dennis Smith Jr., two young cornerstones under 20, going into free agency next summer with around 40 to 50 million. Pipe dream in a matter of 12 to what 15 months and let's just say if the boogie let's just use boogie because people like to connect him you know enter in any x free agent then all of a sudden no matter, well i mean i'll just throw out a name no let's <laughs> just say let's just say boogie and then you turn around in a matter of no time and you have dennis smith jr luka Doncic, boogie cousins to go along with harrison barnes dirk might come back if Wesley Matthews still opts, you know, if he opts in or whatever. Pipe dream theory, something that goes into that theory that Mavericks would probably never uh, admit if it if it was true is the fact that they that their offseason moves were a result of wanting to tank to get a top five pick. Because when you get past the top five in the draft, it is a drop off. But you also two of the next prospects in that top 10 of next year's draft is two point guards you don't need that now because you got dennis smith jr so and then if you think about it too if you already know that you're going to be bad look going back back to the summer and going to the draft what if they really did love zach collins they worked him out yeah they worked him out we know that they you know there were some people in organization that you know did like his workout but did it alter anything with the mindset of knowing if we take Zach Collins now, we know we're going to be bad this year. What if we land a top five pick? We still don't have a point guard, but yet the top five people next year are all non-point guards also. So why don't we go ahead and get our point guard in this draft, knowing that next year all five of the guys up top can all play with Dennis Smith Jr. They can all fit alongside of him. Because like if you're... If you're if you draft Zach Collins this year, and then you go into next year, and let's say Porter Bagley Donkic is you know gone, and then you're Aiton and Bamba sitting there, I mean you're still going to take them, but that's kind of redundant in two straight drafts. You just go ahead and take Dennis Smith Jr. You know you're going to be bad. You make the roster or the lack of roster moves in the summer to ensure that you're going to be very bad and be a top five pick in the draft next year. 
then you come away with two franchise cornerstones under 20 with a massive amount of cap space. And can that be attractive to somebody like a boogie, like even another young guy like a Aaron Gordon or Jabari Parker or something like that of saying, hey, look, we got these two young studs. It might take another year or two, but we got two studs come in and be that third guy of the future. Boogie, if it's somebody like Boogie that's a little older than the other guys, come in, be the, the new face of the franchise. Dirk might still come back, but then you have a young core with two studs to go around him. I'm just saying, it's, 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 I'm just, I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm not saying it's true. I don't, already said, it. I'm not saying that's true, but what do you think? I think you're looking at the end result of what has happened and what is going to happen and hoping and wishing that the Mavericks planned this out because if they didn't, then they just totally like lost control and they're just allowing things to happen. You, you hope that the Mavericks are not just reactive, that they are being proactive. Yes. And I'm not sure that they are. I think I'm there not is sure, a scenario. I'm not sure that they're doing that. I think there is a scenario. Because why not go out and make any type of moves this offseason? Now, the only thing, I will say this, the only thing that wouldn't fit into that theory that I think that they would have liked to work is the Nerlens thing. Because just think, if you got Nerlens for around 15 to $17 million, then you already got your center. If it's that, if that's who they thought he could be, then you go into next year's draft hoping to get a Donkic, Porter, or Bagley to form with Nerlens in the front court and Dennis Smith Jr. And that's your like your young big three, if you want to say. But then the Nerlens thing didn't happen. I don't think the Nerlens thing was like part of their plan of, as far as just going completely south. I don't think they would have traded for him if yeah. they wanted to do that. So I think that was that would be the only part that wouldn't go into that theory. But I don't know. I, I I think it is plausible that it went into because we talked about them not spending a lot of money this past summer because they didn't want to tie it up for next summer. But is there was there also a hidden agenda in there? They didn't spend the money because they didn't want to be better this year. That could part be part of a, it. Yeah, I think part yeah. of it because uh, they have been you know in in the past. What have the Mavericks done when they? want to try to hit 500 they want to try to make the playoffs they sign these one-year guys they sign you know sign all these random you know dudes off you know raymond felton like name name a whole bunch of dudes the mavericks signed the last couple of years yeah they signed i mean we had cap space you know like the jonathan simmons of the world like the tyreek evans the ben mclemore's you know it's those guys that were like why are we not taking flyers on them and if this was the hidden agenda once again i'm not saying it is if this was, they're saying, hey, let's just let's put a team together and let's say we're going to fight and all this stuff, but realistically, we know we're going to be a top five bad team. Going one, into- one factor that you haven't mentioned in this that gets it has had a lot of people confused when it happened and still has me a little perplexed. Why last year it seemed that when they gave Dirk the, you know, the $25 million, like that whole huge deal and basically just take the rest of our cap space and then some. To me, that seemed like they were conceding to the fact that they were going to be bad, <laughs> and they and mm. they were, they were they were worse than we all thought. But you know that seemed to me that they were pretty much conceding that they were going to be bad when they gave Dirk all that money instead of signing a bunch of random guys. This year, Dirk takes less. Dirk takes about twenty million less than he was, you know, than what his option was going to be. Why does Dirk do that, or why did the Mavericks ask Dirk to do that slash offer him that? In, yeah, in your scenario, like, wh- how does that fit? In my scenario, would the only thing would be is like, 
either Dirk saying, hey, I'm going to do this to give you flexibility. Because if Dirk did sign for like 20 right now, our flexibility during during the season right now would be none. You know, we wouldn't have right now we're setting on cap space with an expiring contract of Josh McRoberts. Like we can make some moves like right now and take on a contract, send off his expiring. Like we're we're a prime team to get involved in the trade market. And, you know, without Dirk being at that five million, we wouldn't have that flexibility if he was above, you know, at the 20 mark we would pretty much be stuck with his roster outside of just trading player for player. But that would be my only explanation. I, I really think it was just a Dirk thing of saying, because we didn't, it wasn't like two years ago to when we chased Mike Conley and we chased Hassan Whiteside and yeah. Batum, you know, like we went at, like that was still win now mode Mavericks. And then we missed out on them. And then this summer was a completely different ball game. So yeah, the only like Mavericks are coming up with these random free agents, but not the big ones. Yeah, and that's where I want to give at least Mavs fans a little hope, and you can say it's false hope or being a homer or whatever, is how next summer with cap space is going to look so much different compared to the past years. Because now you're going to you're pitching to free agents of saying, we have Dennis Smith Jr. that's going into his second year. We, we just drafted a Porter Jr., a Bagley, Donkic, whoever you want to say. And we got Harrison Barnes coming back. So Dirk, you know, let's just say either Dirk's retiring or we'll say like Dirk is thinking about coming back, but he he's going to take a very stat back role, you know, next year or whatever it is. If I mean that's a, that's a, a much better pitch, and whoever it is, especially if it's a, a bigger name like a Boogie Cousins, they're making that pitch saying you're going to be our new face, and you're going to have Barnes, you're going to have Dennis Smith Jr., you're going to have Michael Porter Jr. or Donkic, like that's going to be your supporting cast. Like here here it is instead of. You know we're gonna put some older guys around you, and you know Dirk is Dirk is here, and he's still the man. You're gonna come in. You can be a you know a, a nice side piece to Dirk, but now it is our pitch will be look at our young supporting cast. You can be the true face. So I think I just think going forward they will have a much better pitch now than the past couple of years. Yeah, I would agree with you that they have a better pitch for sure. I'm not sure that they planned it out from the beginning. I don't know if they had this master plan in the sen- and, and or that they were just like. And when I say beginning, next summer, I mean last summer. So I'm yeah. not saying it's like two years ago, three years ago, or anything. I'm saying last summer, going into the draft, they said. Well, they definitely didn't try to get better, right? <laughs> this summer, they, did, they, they yeah. did not make any huge efforts to get better. So I think that they were going on the, you know, the tank stank one more year. So I, I'm with you on that. I don't know if they if they planned it as far as did the and this as, no so it, I, as far as like well this year we're gonna take a point guard so the next year we can take you know a big man like yeah I don't know about about that I think they sort of lucked into that but to your point though it's lucked they've lucked into a pretty good you know draft if they're yeah. gonna be this bad and they got Dennis Smith Jr. last year Tom Habistro was just on the the Ringer podcast and they asked him to redraft the 2018 draft. And he was like, well, I'd probably take, who did he, th- who do you take first? Dang it. I can't remember. Uh, Tatum. Oh yeah. He took Tatum first. And he took Dennis Smith jr. Second. And then he took wow. Lonzo ball third, which I was surprised at. Cause I felt like everybody's down on Dennis Smith jr. Right now, but, but yeah, they lucked yeah, in, like- they lucked into something awesome. So that there is hope in that. So I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with Isaac's conspiracy theory, but Mavericks fans, <laughs> there is hope in it because, you're going to get a top five pick this year probably. 
You're going to because there's just no help coming. Last year when the Mavericks were bad, there was help coming. <laughs> it's just not coming this year. You know the schedule doesn't get better. The you know you're still going to be playing a rookie point guard this year, and he's going to hit a wall, and eventually he's gonna he's gonna have this, these rises and falls, or he's gonna be good for he's gonna be good for an uptick. Then teams are start figuring him out, and then he's gonna be bad again. <laughs> like this, it's kind of just how it goes in your rookie year. So. There is hope because these guys are going to fit really, really well with Dennis Smith Jr. in this next draft. True. And really, I mean, any of those top five will fit. And Not, there's always some guys that come out of nowhere that we don't expect. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see any of them cracking that. I mean, I guess Bamba could fall back a little bit, but I don't It I always don't happens. It. it always happens. There's somebody that comes out of nowhere that you're like, oh, man, like was Markel Fultz always top one? No. He was not. Maybe. I don't know. Him and, him and Ball, going into the season, him and Ball were at the top. Tatum was up there. For the most part, a lot of them guys you know, were up there. But A lot of times. There's always like a couple, though, that, that surprise you. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks and subscribing to it on iTunes, also on Stitcher, I believe. So thank you so much for listening. Check out our pieces that are up on Smoking Cuban and Mavs Moneyball. Uh, my Dennis Smith Jr. piece was, was received pretty well today. Uh, so go check that out. It's looking at him going forward. Isaac has his tank rank as well as his, uh, his draft prospects to look at. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. Boom.